I'm leading a small group Bible study every week here at my home. And, you know, I'm just this fake, just this fraud. Jason Biddle was struggling with addiction, and he had been for years. It all came to a head when a drug-induced seizure left him unconscious in front of his young children. The neighbor came over and she said, this is bad. We got to call 911 now. I had foam coming out of my mouth. My pulse was super low. I was borderline dead. You've gone to war for me many times before. And out of the pit of hell you've pulled my arms. I'm hanging by a thread. I see the enemy up ahead. Lord, I'm under attack again. Today, Jason Biddle is a different man. You just heard some of his music, which speaks to the new life that he's found in Christ. But before redemption came rock bottom. And that's where we're picking up part two of Jason's story. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, celebrating 70 years of proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Jason's life has been totally changed after he hit rock bottom and then found his way back up. And that way back up was through Jesus Christ. You'll hear Billy Graham preach about that later on in this episode. Oh, yes, there's pleasure in sin for a short time, but it's soon over. The hangover comes. Choose Christ, and there'll never be a hangover except joy and peace. You can learn more about the joy and peace that comes through Christ at findpeacewithgod.net. That is findpeacewithgod.net. And whenever you would like, you can call us anytime at all. And our 24-hour prayer line, the number is 888-388-2688. That's 888-388-2683. GPS. God. People. Stories. We ended part one of Jason Biddle's story on a rather uncertain note. On the one hand, Jason had discovered who Jesus is and had accepted him as his Savior. A lot of good things were happening. Yet, on the other hand, Jason admitted he wasn't all in. He was still trying to control his life. And that included his addiction. That addiction had begun years earlier when Jason started using steroids to bulk up and impress people. At the time, he was in his early 20s and single. He got the attention he was looking for, but the steroids wreaked havoc on his body. So he started looking for ways to dull the pain. And then a guy introduced me to this stuff called Nubane. And he's like, hey, man, you know, you can take a shot of this. He just told me, he said, never hit a vein or you'll get hooked on this stuff. But Jason did hit a vein. And so next thing you know, I'm hooked on Nubane. I'm not even working out anymore. I'm just shooting this stuff up. That first addiction led to cocaine and then to dangerous cocktails of pills and alcohol. But Jason kept all of this a secret from those who thought they knew him best. When he got married, his wife, Brittany, had no idea her husband was an addict. If you listen to part one of Jason's story, you know his addiction led to some brutal consequences. He cheated on his wife. He passed out when he was supposed to be taking care of their baby son. He even developed liver cancer. In spite of all those things, Jason couldn't manage to stay sober. 
Part one left off in San Diego, where Jason had accepted Jesus Christ, and he started living the Christian life. We were doing small group, and within a year, I was getting baptized there, and it went from a, a hearing about God to having a relationship with Him. But you know that relationship still was; it had to be grown from the ground up. You know, me, I, I want instant results. And it was like, man, when things weren't happening, I would still try to take control rather than giving it all back to God. Jason said he treated his faith like a buffet. He picked the things he liked about Christianity and ignored what he didn't like. And one of those don't likes was giving up control. In 2013, when he and his family moved back to Minnesota, Jason hadn't fully surrendered to God. He was still trying to control his own life. We started a new church. I was going to AA meetings. I was doing the things to check the box. I wasn't doing the things because my heart wanted to do it. I was doing the things because I just know I was supposed to, but my heart wasn't really in it. I ended up becoming kind of a fraud. You know, here I am leading Bible study at my own house. People are coming over, and I had just kind of this roller coaster ride of, you know, sobriety for six months, fall off the wagon for a day. Sobriety for six months, fall off the wagon for a day. And, and then, um, you know, it was like that back and forth, that roller coaster for, you know, up until 2017. It was in the spring of 2017. Jason tore his shoulder while working out. He needed surgery. Afterward, the doctors prescribed painkillers. But instead of gradually weaning Jason off of them, they cut him off without warning. And his urge for more kicked in. The Bible says God has an enemy who works behind the scenes in the spiritual realm to try to destroy the work God has done in the lives of his people. So perhaps it was no coincidence that Jason ran into his old drug dealer while he was out shopping, looking for over-the-counter medicine to help with his pain. He's got a family now, I've got a family now, but yet he's still selling drugs. And he's like, if you need anything, let me know, man, I'll get whatever you want. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself like, man, maybe this guy needs Christ. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking to myself like, Maybe I should go have coffee with this guy. And so I say, give me your number. And within 24 hours, I'm calling him and I'm buying drugs from him a day later because he had whatever I needed. The drug dealer had appeared in a moment of weakness and Jason couldn't resist. By the fall of that year, he was leading a double life. Family man by day, drug addict by night. Remember, I'm hiding all this. So I, I now have a family. I'm a baseball coach for my kid. I'm, you know, I've got a seven-year-old. I've got a four-year-old daughter now. And I'm leading a small group Bible study every week here at my home. And you know, I'm just this fake, just this fraud. You know, During the night when my wife's sleeping, I'll go down and use. And then here, I'm back to shooting up again. I'm back to, you know, I'm smoking cocaine. I'm, I'm snorting cocaine. I'm doing all these drugs, like tenfold what it was before I fell in 2007. Jason was desperate. He told God he was going to need some serious consequences to stop his drug use. And, you know, be careful what you ask for. Two weeks later, Jason was watching both children while Brittany was out of town, hundreds of miles away. I took one pill, mixed the drink, I'd taken a couple swigs, and then I don't remember anything. Jason had a seizure and fell to the floor. His children found him unconscious around dinner time. They think I'm playing around. They think I'm just joking around. So they're trying to wake me up. Um, they don't think to go over. Well, they think to go over and maybe talk to the neighbor, but they're scared to go out in the dark. The kids eventually put themselves to bed after they couldn't find their dad's phone to call for help. The next morning, 
They heard an alarm going off from inside Jason's back pocket. Jason was still flat on his back, out cold. His seven-year-old little boy somehow managed to get the phone out from under him and call Brittany. She told her son to run to the neighbor's house for help. The neighbor came over and she said, this is bad. You got to, we got to call 911 now. So apparently I had foam coming out of my mouth. Um, and my pulse was super low. I was borderline dead. I was almost done. The doctors told Brittany to prepare for Jason's death. The days dragged on as he lay there unconscious on life support. It looked like it was over. But after six days, Jason woke up. CAT scans revealed severe brain damage, and a large portion of the right side of his body was paralyzed. Amazingly, though, just a few days later, Jason was walking. Then his CAT scans revealed something the doctors could hardly believe. They kept retaking the pictures because they thought something was not correct because the doctor comes into me the next day and she she holds up. She said, here's your brain the day you came in. She's like, here's your brain last night. She's like, it's like there's no damage. She's like, it's almost like it never happened. She said, I have never in my life seen this. She's like, there's nobody that I've ever seen come in with a seizure or an overdose that has, has been able to recover like this. You're a miracle. She's like, this is a miracle. She's like, that's the only explanation. God had saved his life. Now Jason needed another miracle, freedom from addiction. Social services ordered him not to go anywhere near his children until he completed a treatment program. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, so now the weight of my sin is really starting to hit me and it's heavy. He and Brittany searched for a Christ-centered treatment program and they found one in Minnesota. Jason had been to rehab once before, but had convinced himself he was ready to leave early. This time, he was all in. And this wasn't your average treatment facility. It was a home. It was, it's an independent home. A guy started this place called Redemption House, and they don't take insurance. And it's for, for guys that want to be there. It's not, for, it's not for guys that are trying to avoid a jail sentence. This is for guys that want to be there. I mean, he's, we've got, there was a fallen pastor that was in there with me. There was a doctor that was in there with me. I mean, these, there's 13 guys in there with me and two guys that run the show. And then we have our counselor that comes every day for programming. It was just an unbelievable peace of mind to have in there. And and we were in the Word. We were in Scripture six hours a day. At Redemption House, Jason realized something he had been missing. That's where it all came to light. And I wish that somebody could have told me this when I was in Alcoholics Anonymous or even even small groups, is that we were created to worship God. And and if we're not worshiping God, we're going to worship something because we were created to worship. And so what is it that I was worshiping? I was worshiping all these idols. Idols can be anything that we put in the place of God. And so for me, my idols were my pride and ego, um, control, um, just the selfishness that I had, and then money. And what I had done is through my life, I had done such a good job of trying to conceal these idols and try to cover them up that I'd even hit them from myself. As Jason struggled with his idols, his wife struggled over whether to take him back again after he had put their children in danger. She's like, Jason, I just don't know if, if you're going to be able to come home. And I remember getting down on my knees after that, after that phone call because I'm thinking, okay, she might divorce me. And I remember getting on my knees and I'm like, God, I, I have been a horrible, horrible son. I have been a horrible, horrible husband. I have been a horrible everything. And I deserve, if, I deserve whatever's coming to me. So God, I just, 
I, I surrender. I surrender everything. And whatever your will is, is your will. And I'm not going to try to fight it. I'm not going to try to control it. Even as he stood to lose his wife and children, Jason had a supernatural peace as he trusted God and gave up control. I realized just the absolute weight of my sin. I realized how heavy that is of a burden just on me. And then if you think about it, I mean, it it says that when Jesus was on the cross, that he was crushed. He took that for everybody, you know, past and present and future. I mean, it's like, that is so much weight to hold. And, And God absolutely hates sin. And for his own son to take all that on, that was just an eye opener for me. And, and so I think that's where I realized that, man, this, this whole thing is not about me or control or God. This whole thing is about Christ. This whole thing is about what he did for us. When Jason fully surrendered to God, that's when he finally found peace. He also found something he wasn't looking for, a chance to rekindle his love of music, which had been dormant since high school. One of the men at Redemption House played guitar. One day, Jason started humming along and creating a melody. Within 10 minutes, they had a new song. A few of the other guys, including a worship leader, started joining in. After a couple of months, they had created half a dozen songs with Jason doing much of the writing. I remember saying, like, guys, we, we got to see if we can record this somehow. So I called my son's drum teacher. And my son's, son's drum teacher is a worship leader at one of the local churches. He's like, yeah, you know, I have a, I have a studio in my basement. I do recording. I'm a producer. I'm like, man, I had, I had no idea. Jason and his Redemption House roommates recorded their songs and sent the music to some friends. The feedback from them was overwhelmingly positive. So they sent the songs to some strangers, too, including a few music producers. Then one of Jason's contacts sent the album to several record labels in Nashville. Within a week, he texted me back. He's like, dude, you got to come to Nashville. He's like, I got a response from every single person that I sent this stuff out to. And he's like, your next step is to come to Nashville and have these meetings. And so, so we, my wife and I flew to Nashville and we had all these great meetings and decided what next steps were going to be, decided who we wanted to work with. And, and here we are. Go a little deeper, I'll show you what to do. Lay your burdens at the cross, I'm right here next to you. Brand new life is waiting on the other side. Just come on in. Just come on in. That is Jason's new single, Come On In, which was just released last month. It's the first song he's put out since releasing his debut album, titled Redemption House, last November. Jason still has a contracting business in Minnesota, and he's trying to finish many of the projects that he's got underway before the weather turns frigid. God has restored his marriage, and he and Brittany are homeschooling their two children. Now they're thinking about how God may be leading them to more music ministry. This is a potential way for me to go share my testimony, and if God wants to use the music as a platform, by all means, I'm, I'm all over it, man, because I owe everything to him. It's an honor to be used by God, you know, when to to the testimony and the absolute brokenness that I had, it's an honor that God is using that story for me to reach out to other people and and to share that that strength and the hope that that you have in in faith through Christ. You know, I love it. I met this man who walks on water, he cured all my 
to Jesus. Only a full surrender to Jesus Christ saved Jason Biddle from his addiction and gave him true peace. If you're looking for that kind of peace, we want to invite you to visit us at findpeacewithgod.net. That site is set up to allow you to learn who Jesus is and how much he loves you. You can even chat with one of our 24-7 volunteers. Again, the address is findpeacewithgod.net. Shopping and parenting. Nothing bad about those. Or is there? Could they be idols? You'll hear Jason explain his thoughts on that in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. The history of Israel was always up and down. For a little while, they'd serve the Lord, and then they would fall back in their old ways and go to their old idols. Billy Graham. Outwardly, the followers of God, but deep in their hearts, they were idolatrous. Oh, yes, there's pleasure in sin for a short time, but it's soon over. The hangover comes. Choose Christ, and there'll never be a hangover except joy and peace. You must decide whether you're going to worship those idols or worship the living and true God. Every person that ever lived has to make the same choice. What do you have to do? You have to repent of your sins. That means to be willing to change your way of living. You may have no power to do it. You may not have power to give up some of those habits you know are wrong. You may not have power to fall in love with your wife again. You may not have power to change your whole life that you know needs to be changed. But if you surrender to Christ, He'll give you the power. This is the night that you are to meet God in a new way and receive Him into your heart. Meeting God in a new way, receiving Him into your heart. Would you like to learn more about that? You can hear the rest of the story in Billy Graham's message titled, Choices. You'll find it at billygrahamradio.org. When you go there... Click on the Billy Graham Audio Archives and search the word Choices. Or, better yet, you can just go to the show notes and click on the link there. Earlier, we heard Jason Biddle's story of redemption and how he traded his idols for full surrender to Jesus Christ. He's been sharing his story with churches and other groups, often virtually because of COVID-19. And in doing that, he has found that people are fighting their own battles with different types of idolatry. My story is, is about idol worship, and it's a, it's, a, it's a story of sin, and we all have it. And it's just like, man, I've, I've shared my testimony. There's so many people that have come to me afterward and been like, you know, I don't have drugs or alcohol as an addiction, but man, I sure am addicted to this. I'm addicted to shopping, or I'm addicted to this. And people are even addicted to their children. I mean, that's just one thing. I mean, people can be really easily, I mean, I got to be careful too, not to live too vicariously through my son, who's an athlete. And, and try to, you know, put him up on a pedestal or put him on an idol. And there's a lot of parents I know that do. And so we, it's, it's easy to make an idol out of anything. And so I think that, you know, my story doesn't just speak to addicts and alcoholics. It speaks to anybody who's, who's suffering in their sin or who's trying to cover it up. We're so thankful to Jason Biddle and his wife, Brittany, for having the courage to share their story. If it's had an impact on you, we'd love to hear about it. You can send us an email at gps at billygram.org. That's gps at billygram.org. You'll also find that address in our show notes. 
And we want to remind you that we also have a 24-hour prayer line. Anytime you need prayer, that line is available anytime. The number is 888-388-2683. Someone is there now, ready to listen, ready to pray. 888-388-2683. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.